What's up, y'all? So today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Now, Omeo is a travel booking platform, and you know your girl, Rosie, loves to travel. And they help people plan their trip in Europe and North America and make it easy on them. So basically, all you have to do is go on omeo.com, enter your travel details, and they will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your trip. It has never been simpler, okay? And we love simple. Best of all, Omeo saves you time and money, and that's a win-win in my book. So Omeo's trying to help y'all get outside for the summer, and they're offering a 5% discount off your next booking. Just head to Omeo, O-M-A-Z-A-M-A-R-I-O.com, and make sure y'all use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. So that code is valid until June 30th for new users, and that's for all different types of transportation. It's just the pick-me-up that 2021 needs because we had a rough year last year. Okay, so just remember, y'all go to omeo.com, plan your next trip, plan, book, and love your journey. And of course, terms and conditions apply. That's with everything, okay? (laughs) But yes, head over to omeo.com, plan your next trip, y'all. All right, let's get into this new episode. Y'all are now tuning into your new favorite podcast, The Rosie Perspective. I'm your host, Rosie. I want y'all to get ready for some laughter, good times, great conversation, new perspective. Of course, we got to throw in some explicit content. Overall, dope vibes. Now, let's get into it. Hey, it's your girl, Rosie. I'm back with another episode of The Rosie Perspective. On today's episode, I am joined by a special guest. I have Dewan, who is a criminal defense attorney straight out of New Orleans. But Wazam, Wazam. <laughs> All right, so Dewan, uh, if you could tell the listeners a little bit about yourself um, and what type of cases you cover. And um, yeah, if you could start with that, that'd be cool. So again, like you said, my name is Dewan. I grew up I'm from the Calio Projects. What Master P from, you know, I'm saying. Okay. Greatness. <laughs> comes from there um but I currently practice uh solely criminal defense so anywhere from like domestic abuse battery to aggravated crime so whether it's robbery or I don't do the murders yet like I probably would pick up a manslaughter but because a manslaughter you can knock down to like an aggravated battery like sometimes you can get a bite and somebody knock somebody out and you ain't intended to kill them you know what I'm saying? So, um, but my practice is super small and I'm actually trying to like step away to work on some other projects, but yeah, I keep it simple. All right. How long have you been an attorney now? For, uh, this is going into my third year. So I got licensed in October of 2018. Okay. All right. Did you always want to be an attorney or you wanted to do something? Yeah, I knew since I was nine years old, like, and I wanted to be a lawyer. And it was mainly based on, like, knowing my history, like, you know, civil rights movement, understanding the socioeconomic, like, problems that we face and knowing, like, shit be planted on us. Like, they, like, white folk government are the reason why we have to commit like Tupac said it's hard to be legitimately trying to pay your rent well yeah because y'all depriving us of opportunities to be able to go and work to provide for our family so we find we hustlers we find other ways to make money I get that from the project you know what I'm saying so yeah I just wanted to be a voice for the voiceless and just because you committed a crime you're not always deserving of the punishment that they're trying to give you 
Yeah. You know, and so I just wanted to be the person to tell our story based on our social economic status. Yeah, that makes right. sense. No, of course. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So the cases that you covered, do you see, I mean, I'm sure you do being in the courts and everything. Do you see a lot of people getting extra time for something petty? Is that like a huge Absolutely. Like cover? I'm a former public defender, right? So mm -hmm. I started my career in New Orleans as a public defender, representing my people. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you about a situation that happens today. I literally had a client who was found in contempt of the court for having weed in his system and the judge is holding him in contempt for two weeks. If that's not bizarre or insane, I don't know what is. My client is currently only facing a misdemeanor charge. He gets the judge pissed test him and he got weed in the system. Now, mind you, this is in Jefferson Parish. I primarily practice and I'm accustomed to practicing Arlene's Parish, their neighboring parish, it's like the 504, it's same shit. Okay. But the courts is different. Okay, okay, got right? it. Right, so New Orleans, they're not even prosecuted. There's a new district attorney, Jason Williams, and I believe he represented Boosie, fun fact. Um, <laughs> so he's not- Yeah, they say that I'm crazy. <laughs> and sometimes, I'll, I mean, anyway, that's a whole nother. <laughs> but long story short, like, my client is being fucked over in this in this one in this one parish, whereas in New Orleans, where it's ran by black folk, he would not be facing these same sort of issues. Mm, I get it. I so, get it. Damn, he's probably like, "What the hell?" I, I didn't. Nah, yeah, and it's like he's looking at me, and I'm like, "Dog, this shit ain't supposed to happen like that." Wow. So do you? Okay, so in cases like that, it sucks because obviously you know, he's getting more time than necessary. You know that. I'm sure the judge knows that, but they fucking with him just to fuck with him because- Because he's not white. Because mm -hmm. I'm that... sure, you know what? And I'm saying, I'm gonna say what the fuck I gotta say. Because these niggas probably snorting powder and all this stuff. But the minute we come in there with our issues and we self-medicate, you want to throw the fucking book at us. Yeah. And this is the type of shit I'm getting tired of. And I'm gonna figure out a way to use my, work my magic. Let me just say that. Work my <laughs> magic on them hoes. They playing with the wrong one. Anyway. I mean, and it's weed. I thought they, did they legalize weed in Louisiana? That's I know what I'm trying to tell you, like, in the city, all right, in New, when I say in the city, in New Orleans, they not prosecuting marijuana. Now, you'll get a ticket, but they not really trying to hem you up. In uh -huh. J.P., Jefferson Parish, across the river, you don't fuck with them white folk. Like, they, you, there's still Jim Crow. It just oh, okay. look a little prettier. Mm -hmm. If you're not white and rich, no matter if you have a lawyer, it don't matter. That's unfortunate. And so what was it that I was going to say? Um, are they still trying to do? I know I've read about them trying to rid cash bail certain places. Are oh, cash bail. Oh, yeah, yeah. So New Orleans, again, like it's, yeah, in New Orleans, we get a lot of people released on their own recognizance for uh, cases that are non-violent offenses. In the code of criminal procedure, it lays out um, like the criminal code lays out what crimes are uh, listed as crimes of violence. And it's also based on if you have a record or not. So nine times out of 10, let's say I got arrested on possession of cocaine, right? Cocaine for your first offense, now you get only zero to two years. They will release me on a free bond. It's just so, or if, uh, let's say I committed a, a theft, right? Like even if it was like a five or $10,000, they would still release me on my own recognizance because it's not a crime of violence. So okay. they're practicing a lot of that. New Orleans, Jefferson Parish on the other can, all those surrounding parishes, not so much. Mm, but the, okay. the city is pushing. 
Okay, I got it. And so you said you used to be a public defender. So I know you didn't see some shit. I'm sure you see some shit in general, but I know public defenders. First of all, I know people, some people appreciate you guys, but most people, oh, I'm going to jail. I got me a public defender. It's a wrap. Man, no, I feel like I worked harder as a public defender with a hundred plus cases than I that do now probably with a few cases really? I have. Um, Did you feel like respected I, when they knew that you were going to be their public defender? Because I, I know, I don't know. Yeah, because, okay, as a public defender, a lot of my cases were uh, based on motions hearing. So I had to have a hearing so uh, to try to suppress the evidence to either get them a lesser charge or should just exclude the evidence. So, and, and this was pre-COVID, right? And so, <laughs> so things are a lot different. But yeah, as a public defender, there is that pressure. You know, um, and me as a Black woman, I want to make sure I take care of my people because I'm representing niggas. Yeah. Period, point blank, with a few, you know, salt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm sorry. These people are going to be like, where the hell she got this girl from? <laughs> no, no, you can't. The people love. I don't care. He's always the authentic self, and that's what I want. So, like you said, you are a black woman practicing law. Can you give any, any insight? Do you feel like you're treated fairly from? Either Hell no, nah, my nigga. Let me tell you, <laughs> son. I'm serious, dog. Like two weeks ago, and mind you, I was. I'm, I ain't gonna tell y'all this. Okay. See, yep. Mm -hmm. All right. I was in another, I was in Slidell, Louisiana, or Covington. I had, I'm representing, you know, this young lady on some petty charges. And I'm trying to go into court to put, you know, to notify the court, like I'm here on behalf of my client. And they're like, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm going past, there's like a little barricade that you go past. And you can touch the, basically the prosecution or even go up to the, the judge's bench. And so I'm like, you know, and they're like, man, man, we need you to uh, step outside. There's too too many people inside of the room. But I'm like, I'm trying to tell them I'm a lawyer. They're like, man, yeah. you need to step outside. So I'm standing in the doorway like, uh, one of y'all motherfuckers going to acknowledge me. And then eventually I'm talking fast because I don't want to be anyway. No, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm following you, girl. So it's all good. <laughs> okay. So the deputy... Those white, eh, they all fucking white. Cause this is a like predominantly white parish. They don't okay. see black lawyers, black okay. female attorneys at least. And so they're like, yeah, so how can I help you? I say, well, my, I'm trying to check in with the court, put my name on the list so I can address my clients. It's like, oh, you a lawyer? I said, yes. And it's like, well, you, you got your board card, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm dressed the part. I mean, my head wasn't pink, but I, I'm dressed the part. Cause most defendants don't come in the fucking court dressed up. I'm dressed up. Okay. And so I show them my bar card. Now mind you, I was, it says the 10, 2018 when I was admitted, he was like, yeah, it's expired. I'm like, this motherfucker is stupid as hell. I know he ain't fucking checking these old white ass men because if you would have checked their IDs, you would have really thought it was expired because they don't check their, they wanted to check my identity. They didn't even know who I was when yeah. I'm clearly dressed apart. Like I am still like, oh, let me look at some ID when the fucking white man in the suit, you automatically assume this nigga a lawyer. Yeah, no, or, I get it. That's I step right. in, who you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not right. And it's humbling. Like I really gotta, cause I been wanting to click the fuck out. No, I get and, it. But I my face be, yeah. Staying a lot. <laughs> 
Your face be saying a lot without your mouth saying anything. A whole lot, but then he, but that, but that was so ignorant on that deputy part. You asked right. me for my ID. That by you saying it was expired, that leads me to believe you never check IDs yeah, because yeah, yeah. you would know that that's the date of admittance. If you would have yeah. read, bitch. <laughs> No, that is definitely ignorant. No, for real, that's definitely ignorant. That's unfortunate because I'm sure that's something, you know, that happens, not that particularly, that particular instance, but I'm sure these are the things that they kind of do to fuck with you, just seeing that you're a black woman and you're a lawyer and that's whack as fuck. You went to school mm -hmm. just like a white woman or a white hey, man. To, to pass the same test. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <sighs> so... Um, okay, so I wanted to see if you had, before we move on a little bit, I wanted to see if you have any, let me see, any any words for, you know, our people, Black people, um, as far as things we may not know about the criminal system, whether it's a petty charge, and I mean, I know it's from state to state. Shut the fuck up when the cops come, yeah, like, shut the fuck up, yeah. Don't okay. talk to the police. Oh, the police lie. The police can lie. Like there's case law that gives them the go to the lie and say, yeah, if you just cooperate with us, we can help you out. That is a motherfucking lie. Maybe on some, some, uh, you know, undercover type, some, if you're a crackhead, I'm sure. And you, they trying to get the kingpin, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but no matter what, don't give the police any information because they will not help you. Okay. Let your lawyer do the talking. Um, now, just because you exercise your Fifth Amendment right, that don't mean you're not going to take that ride because sometimes you're still going to have to get arrested, even if you were right. But don't incriminate yourself. Okay. Don't start, answer the questions basic. Don't give no reasoning. Less ev no evidence, no case. No, you I giving it up. You oh now nah, I was over there. It's up for them. They accusing you of this. The burden is on the popos and the prostitutes, is what I call them, prosecutors, mm -hmm. to build a case against you. You don't fucking do it against yourself. See, I think so many people, I mean, I've never been in that situation, but I feel like people get nervous. And you're right. They don't know these things. And mm -hmm. you know, they're like, oh my God, I got my client today. Talk, talk, talk. Just talk, talk, talk. Mm-hmm. And got it. So Ooh. less is, I mean, they definitely should just continue to just let, let them. Shut up. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> okay. So shut up. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to move outside of law now. And I want to. Yes, Lord. In the hot. I got I to gotta let my people know, girl, you for us. <laughs> so I did want to talk about though, um, you growing up in the 504. You growing yeah. up in New Orleans, and I seen something recently as well. I think you posted either on your page or your story, because um, I was, you know, on your shit. But um, you were obviously in New Orleans during Katrina. And oh yes! Oh my God! Yeah. I was like, oh my God, because I didn't know that. But once I saw some information, so if you can one tell us a little bit about your upbringing in New yes. Orleans and how it is, and then go into Katrina. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a part one, part two, and part three uh series. But I'll <laughs> I will say this because it's funny, I I um I made a note to state that natural disasters and plagues should elevate you to another level in life. When something tra like when tragedy strikes you, that should be a moment of revelation, a moment where you are 
It depends on how spiritual, but anyway, let me let me not get that deep. Let me answer your question. So growing up in New Orleans, I'm about to share this. This is what I've recently discovered. Okay. The projects offers so much wealth to the world, but we don't get anything in return. For example, I was amongst Mardi Gras Indians. I grew up, you know, watching my family sew Indian suits, right? I grew up listening to these different chants. I grew up going to second lines. I grew up attending jazz funerals where, you know, they have the casket in the air and we're dancing. You know, I grew up around these things and, oh my God, somebody's doing something outside that's distracting me. (laughs) Um, So I grew up around like music and all this culture and white people come down and they take it and they take their little pictures and they put it in these books and they put it in these coffee shops and our people are being robbed of like millions of dollars of our culture but you're so used to this like this is the part of your everyday life going to a second line like going to a parade and stuff like this is our norm yeah but you realize after Katrina, when I would go to Houston, like there is no jazz, there, there is no second lines, there is no Mardi Gras Indians. And it wasn't until Katrina hit, I realized just how it was cool as shit to be from New Orleans. I hated the, <laughs> I hated it. But then I realized, damn, this is actually pretty dope. Like, yeah, you probably, I mean, because you grew up with it, you probably didn't realize how, how dope it was because it was yeah. Different. To everybody it else. was my norm mm-hmm. and now when you go places and you see like wait the fuck they trying to imitate all right so i grew up listening to you know dj jubilee like like bounce music right mm-hmm. so what pisses me off nowadays like people like city girls and i'm gonna use them they don't even fucking know who they sampling when they you know they all these new orleans beats that they use on this music that. They don't fucking like Magnolia shot it like uh that's my juve, that's my juve, yeah. and he hot and they don't even know where it's coming from. Yeah. And they just taking our Drake, like Beyonce, all of them, they they sampling, they they you know, milking us up, but we still pull, we still in bondage, you know. Right. Because we don't know our value, we don't know how special we are. Mm-hmm. But I see it, <laughs> I see it though. No, you're right. You're right. Cause I definitely did hear about that, about, um, hear that about the city girls. An example, I know they said something about a song they had in the sample and they're like, I don't know who that is. That's I was on horrible. I was watching horrible decisions. Uh, I'm, and I was fired up. Boy, I was pissed. Oh, that, that it hit me a little different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Katrina, man, like I had to, I was there for Hurricane Katrina. I had to swim through the waters. Uh, wow. I didn't know how to swim. So like, it was like a whole bunch of like so cars so I had garbage dead bodies like all sorts of I can't even imagine like it's crazy because obviously I'm in Massachusetts but we all in America Mm -hmm. but the whole world is watching you guys and we can't help you know what I'm saying but for you to like actually have to live through that like I, can't I felt even. like I was in a third world country um after we like swam through the water and got to dry land to go uh, we was on the bridge and we walked from like the Superdome area to the convention center. You'll figure that out when you was in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like there was some chaos. Like we we ran from a few gunshots, I remember. And then we like made it to the convention center. I remember seeing a dead body there. There was like so much chaos. Um, there were like tanks driving down, pointing guns at us. Why? We were under <laughs> Marshall's law. Because it was like, it was no 
it was like Marshall's Law or something was in effect. Okay, okay. I like the, so the, the tr- it was no police. We were on the, it was crazy. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, like what I experienced, but I'm still glory be to God because I know there are people who went through much worse, who didn't have the, who was holding on for people on the roof, like holding on to their family. So, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, so when the buses find, I'm, I'm, I'm only giving you snippets of it, of course, um, but the buses, when we're finally were rescued, they sent me to like this base in Arkansas. And then we met up with the people we were separated from initially. And then um, we drove down to Houston. So I lived in Houston for three and a half years after Hurricane Katrina. How long did it take for you to get rescued? You and your family or whoever you were with? Um, so it was about, we was outside for three days. Damn. And we slept outside three days at the convention center one night. Okay, you have to listen to the song Georgia Bush by Lil Wayne. He, he hit the, Georgia Bush, yeah, he made this song right after Katrina. Okay. And in one of the lines, he was like, Nigga shot dead in the middle of the street. I ain't no thief, I'm just trying to eat. Man, fuck the police and President Georgia Bush. And he was like, We from a time where everybody drowned, but blah, blah, blah. Going back to the Nigga shot dead in the middle of the street. I remember being outside this one night, I had this long conversation with this older fella and we weren't allowed to be in the streets at nighttime, period. Okay. And a man, oh my God, he went out kind of with his hands up cause he had a question of some sort. And I heard one gunshot and he was killed in the middle of the streets. Like one of them snipers people or something like killed him and his family had to cover his body with a trash bag. Damn. His body was laying in the middle of the street that day. Um, I had sliced my foot open one night because we thought we heard an explosion because we were about to, the convention center is about a river. Okay. And this one pregnant chick was eating like either pineapples or Vienna sausage early that day. You know the can that, that yeah 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 is really thin. So my stepdad like was trying to cover me, protect me, um, before we started to run. And like I sliced my foot open. A little bit and then like the next day somebody started shooting i was like i wanted to give up i was 13 when this happened but it was just wow. so intense it's um, crazy because that's like extra things happening on top of the fact that y'all are underwater like we just lost we just lost everything i mean i just came to the conclusion you gotta realize at this moment in my life i have nothing we was because i was in a, okay funny enough during, uh, when katrina hit we were residing in New Orleans East where all the houses were underwater, but we were, during Katrina, when Katrina hit, I was in Acalia where I'm from. Okay. We were staying at my mom's best friend in the project. So we was like, yeah, we're on the third floor. They had a little flood and we're going to be straight. Bitch, we still had to fucking swim out there. My, my parade, my yeah. godfather had to swim across the courtway to get the door. Huh? The third floor? Yeah. So the water was up to the, okay. So the water was about 13 feet deep where we're at, but I couldn't swim. So we still had to get something for me to hold on to me and my, my younger, my God brother, because we couldn't swim until we got to what a water was at least to like my shoulder. Okay. Okay. Wow. 
Damn. I mean, it doesn't matter how long ago it was and obviously seeing it on TV, but like speaking to you, I've never spoken to somebody that actually experienced Katrina. I've heard, I've watched interviews, but speaking to you like, and you were 13, like I-, yeah. I All of my trauma has recently come to the forefront. Like I literally had like this jazz. I, I was exercising some fucking demons recently. No real shit. Anything that I've tried to suppress over the last 28 years of my life from me, me and a child hearing gunshot wounds and people getting killed, like to molestation, like all this stuff has finally come to the forefront. And I had to fucking exercise that shit out, you know? And I was literally in the mental health hospital for a week because of the, what I experienced, even though niggas think I'm like, it was crazy. This is I mean, real you life. you a lot. That's PTSD. It don't have to be yes. because you were the fucking army. Like yes. real yes. life, you know? And real fucking life. And it's a thing. And you know, growing up one, I know New Orleans, they talk about the crime. I don't know how much crime was in the area you were in. It was awful. I was hearing gunshots all the time. I knew people were dying. Like for me to be a child and know when I hear the shot, somebody dead. You know, I've seen, I've seen so much. I've seen so much, bruh. That shit is real. And so that's why I wanted to be a lawyer because I understand the trauma that we go through. I understand why people got to do... Sometimes I understand why somebody got to lay somebody down. I get it. Yeah. That shit it happened in my family. It's, it's it's like repeated history. It's just, a, it's just dressed up a little differently. You're right. You're right. You know, that's unfortunate, you know, being a kid or, or even if you weren't a kid, all these things are definitely traumatic. And then it's like, mm -hmm. you got to go back outside to society and people like, yeah, so you got to act and normal. And I still got to put on the smile. Yeah, got to be nice. Got to be generous. Still got to pray for people. Still got to bless them. So, you know, you, because even though I'm talking like this, I'm very much so, I, I, I'm too forgiving. I'm too forgiving. Like yeah. my friend be like, damn, bitch, you crazy. Like I would never, I could never myself. The Lord says seven times seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven times seven. I mean, Gotta hey, it's a gift and a curse, you know? It's a gift and a curse to, to be that forgiven mm -hmm. because other people don't think like you. So you are going to, sometimes you'll be okay and sometimes people are going to fuck you over because their thought process is not the same and they'll just basically abuse the fact that you are that forgiven. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, I mean, I definitely, definitely, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy we're able to have this conversation. I'm happy you survived New Orleans. Hallelujah. <laughs> in your immediate household survive everybody was fine is everybody still okay yeah so um at the time it was yeah we all made it out alive um i mean there's some people who of course since passed away yeah who survived hurricane katrina in their own unique ways Whew. um there's some people like my aunt and i'm just sharing this like my aunt killed my uncle and like um wow like after i mean what i'm what i'm saying i'm sorry i kind of got a little shaky just now growing up you seeing all like i've witnessed all these things i see the rise of even how she, she was in a position to where she lost it and, and took his life mm -hmm. i'm not justifying her actions at all because it's something that could have been prevented mm -hmm. right but I've also seen the I've seen how she has been triggered, you know, over the years and things that has happened, and the trauma that they even went through together for Hurricane Katrina. We bumped into them. I, okay, Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans is it ain't that it's a it's a nice size city, but it ain't that big because everybody your cousin who ain't your cousin, right? <laughs> big cousin, like you know. <laughs> We all a big family. So you've seen, like I've seen Google people that we knew at the convention center, but 
excuse me, what I'm trying to say is like, my aunt who's in prison for murdering her husband, like they went through that trauma together, getting through the water, they survived Katrina and still, even after surviving something that's catastrophic, they still didn't take the proper steps to heal themselves of other past hurts, you, you know? Yeah, that's so, unfortunate. In the beginning I said, something as big as that where it's moving you away from all this darkness into a new light, you would think you would take advantage of it. Not everybody took advantage. There was some really smart people who did. My, mm, I'ma just say what I experienced, my people wasn't the smartest about the resources that was given, but glory be to God, I made it out that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but not everybody used the resources, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, no, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thank you for sure. You're right. You, I mean, you know, when things like that happen, you don't know. A lot of people don't know how to, how to survive after the fact. Yeah, you're physically right. there, but and you're right. alive. But it's like people lost everything: their minds, the people. They've lost family members, children, yes. husbands, wives, home, Girl, like dogs. Damn. I don't. You have you like animals? Uh, I mean, I'm not really a huge animal person. Okay, so I'm just gonna share this real quick. I lost, I had pit bulls. I had two pit bulls, Money and Precious. Mm. And she, my baby Precious, she just had a litter of puppies. And they fucking drowned in Katrina. And wow. that shit fucked with me like so much to where I couldn't fool. I ain't want fool with no more dogs. I love my pits. I love my pit bulls. That were my love people. Y'all love dogs. Y'all love your dogs just like your children. So I. But I... then I started hating. I'm like, I started like, oh, I don't mean no dogs around me, you know. Really? But I just, but yeah, it took me having this traumatic like breakdown and like, oh fuck. And then I started recently being more open to dogs, but it it was trauma I've been suppressing like, mm -hmm. you know, all these years. I I never really got help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With. So you're at a point now where you're okay with with mm -hmm. getting help, or you feel mm -hmm. like okay, yeah, like I'm getting yeah, therapy, um, and stuff like that. So, so for other people that may have uh, not only just in New Orleans the projects or whatever, because you know, black people, we are trying to get people more into therapy, um, especially the men. Men are just like, yeah. what therapy? I don't need no damn therapist. I'm fine. Meanwhile, they <laughs> fucked up, okay? And but they don't want oh, to therapy. God. So, you know, I mean, being a black woman, I feel like a lot of people are getting into therapy. I know finding the right therapist is important. That's what people keep saying because I mean, I've seen a therapist after my sister was murdered, but we did not connect. I think she was Russian. Um, oh Jesus. You need somebody who is in alignment with you, even so much down to your, your faith. You need to have the same level of faith because there's some shit that I, I can't even run it with you on here about because people ain't gonna understand some of the things the awakenings and the stuff my ancestors been showing me like I can't share that shit with everybody you're right, like you're right. they put me on some game and I'm like damn for real I bet but if I go tell that to somebody else they it, it, it's it's spooky to them and I'm like what I'm like all right you're gonna see for yourself I try I told you <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to find the right person. You're right. You have to, there has to be some type of connection. So, I mean, definitely with that. So I'm glad that, you know, you're, you're getting the help that, you know, you feel like you need, you've been through a lot from childhood mm -hmm. to Katrina. I'm sure Shit, even as a fucking public defender, it's been a lot of, yeah, I'm an I'm empath. Sure. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And you see a lot too. So, and you hear a lot because you've been mm -hmm. there, the courtrooms mm -hmm. and shit be happening. Um, mm -hmm. okay, so 
finally, I wanted to talk about, I know recently you have um, been restoring your faith with Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to talk a little bit about that. I know that, you know, you're, you're starting to restore your faith, but it's kind of, it's not hard, but you're still who you are so oh yeah oh i'm very unorthodox so it's like i just realized like damn she just brought up my boy jesus lord they got they we <laughs> nah but i can do that you know because i have a relationship with christ i mm -hmm. pray bother him all day every day holy spirit baby i need your help come on help me holy spirit help me hold <laughs> like come on <laughs> but no like no because that is serious people are like oh my god you know like okay you're restoring your faith in jesus christ okay you, you got to stop swearing. You can't do this. You can't do that. Says who, right? Yeah. Because it's all about your intent, right? Yes, that's you're what, right. That's what he's been teaching me. I can call you a bitch, but I know what I'm, I, it could, it's all about your intent. The same, mm -hmm. like, the same way you, you can yell at someone, you can yell lovingly, loving words at someone, or you can yell really bad things. You, you so <laughs> it's all about that. But let me just, I guess, give an overview without, making a 30 minute conversation out of it. Um, you know, I, I was baptized at seven. Like I've always believed in God um, and very much so Jesus, but I never saw the power of Christ in my life. Excuse me, the love of Christ in my life. I always feared him. I always felt like I only believed out of fear. Okay. So there was a point in my life um, I went to LSU for undergrad and I was around a whole bunch of conservative Christian white folk. Um, I was in Bible study like three, four days out of the week. I just believed and I was rolling when I was like, you know, on fire for God. And I believed in him more so because of the peace and the joy that I had, right? Um, and then I went through this period uh, after I took a class at LSU. It was the New Testament. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm getting more of the word. You know what I'm saying? But really, it challenged my faith. Um, it was all about the New Testament, but it was kind of like discrediting my faith. Okay. okay. And so from like 2013, all throughout law school, I kind of was wavering with my belief in Jesus. It was like, I believe in God, but I'm like, this whole Christ thing, I don't really know. I'm like, at some point, I said, I'm done with the church. I'm done with the Bible of Jesus. You're gonna have to come holler at me. Like, cause I don't believe in you. Cause why would you allow all this shit to happen basically from slavery to, you know, the same yeah, questions. Yeah, anyway. And so over the summer during COVID um, I was using, I was smoking heavily and drinking heavily. I was in a very toxic situation. Um, and I can remember, I will always reference my ancestors. It'll be God and my ancestors, right? And one day I was getting so much information, right? Just being, and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And I, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about when I say that. No, it's like, I get it, I get it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I get you're it. receiving something and you're like, I, you, you're getting these visions, uh -huh. so to speak, right? And so I was high out of my mind though when this happened. So... During this time, I was going through a self-love sort of process too, like really coming to see who I was, like who I really was. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I fully had the full-blown revelation of the wine, fucking, you know who I am? Yeah. That's when Jesus came in. I, I was in the shower and I was praying to God. I was like, God, I just don't understand 
why is it that this person did X, Y, and Z? Why is it that I allowed myself to go through X, Y, and Z? This, that, and the other. I was griping and moaning to God and literally Jesus popping on my head. Mind you, for a couple of years, I had been, I ain't fucking with Jesus. I don't, mm -mm. he can't. And then all my, <laughs> basically, I had the revelation, like Christ came back and like had a little chit chat with me uh -huh. in so many words. And I was like, wait, I guess if a nigga came out, and this is how I'm talking, like I'm I'm in it, I'm talking to God, I'm like, dang, God, I guess if people if he is who people purport him to be, somebody who came down, suffered, you know, gave himself all the shit that I've done. I gave myself to people, loved people who wasn't worthy of my love, you know, defended those who ain't worth who people would think ain't worth the defense. The voice for the voiceless ain't no different than what Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And that's we. I was like, oh damn, we all go together. Like, oh <laughs> shit, this is happening. Like, I just started to make sense. It's like God got to me on my level, my lawyer brain. He had to use that reasoning, and I'm like, well, shit, damn, well, I guess I can't question anymore because I said you have to come holler at me. He really yeah. came in and hollered at me. <laughs> and so, right, and just to kind of like wrap that part up. I tested the spirit because even, you know, I'm like, Jesus, all right. So hmm. I just got back into the Bible like the very next day. Cause I used to read the Bible all the time. I just stopped. Like when I stopped, I'm like, man, this shit ain't real. You know, it's fake. Nah, it's the living word. The Holy yeah. Spirit gotta guide you. That's the thing. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't have Christ, you ain't gonna get that wisdom, knowledge, understanding of the word. Yeah. Only Christ can remove that. First Corinthians three, it talks about it. Christ can remove the veil because baby, my he had my eyes covered because I was being stupid. Uh -huh. But now when I acknowledge him and I pray to him, everything else add unto me. That's when he charges my ancestors, my host of angels to guide me, protect me and talk to me. But first you got to know who the source is. Yeah, My ancestors didn't create themselves. They came from God. So mm -hmm. I got to give God the glory and praise him first. Then he will allow me access to them. Got it. You speaking that word, girl. You definitely talking. But everybody about ain't gonna understand still. Yeah, and nah, I'm shame, but you know, that's on y'all. I got the joy <laughs> of the Lord living inside of me. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I have one question as far as that. Um, because you were younger, but I know I I'll ask anyways. Hmm? And that is um as far as when Katrina happened, mm -hmm. did you think about like, damn, like why is God or why is Jesus allowing us to go through this? Was that a thought at 13 or you was just kind of like, this is some fucked up shit, like, and not even really thinking about it? Honestly, it, I mean, hmm. the same way when uh, my friend uh, who was killed in the car accident and I, this past October when he died, it's like all this wisdom came to the forefront and I just still had to go through the grieving process. I think for Katrina, knowing that you just lost everything, it, it's like knowing that I just lost everything and I'm now being forced to move away. When you realize there's nothing you can do about that and that's just material shit, you can get it back. And knowing that there were people who lost their lives and I was able to survive it, it was really hard to question it. It's like, I feel like I didn't have, I feel like I couldn't complain, you know? Like during, like during when you're having to swim and you you're just trying to survive my love. You just okay. like, well, I'm going like you in survival mode. Like I wanted to give up. Like 
when my foot was sliced open, <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> and these niggas started shooting the next day. I'm like, Lord, just take me home, Jesus. Because I'm 30, I'm tired, you know. And We shit. need you here, Dewan. I'm glad you're still here. No, I, but I, hey, I ain't gonna lie, baby. Some shit going on in my life right now. I'm like, Lord, I'm weary. I need a healing for my soul. Like, I've been so faithful. You know, I've been, you know, doing all these things. I'm, I'm just talking about, like, present day. And, like, I know something great is happening in my life because I keep getting knocked out. I'm like, I'm, I'm positive about it. Like, I'm still prayed up. And it's like, but I'm I'm getting tired. No, you know, get like- tired. You're human. We definitely yeah. do get tired. I'm as positive as you try to, and then some other stuff happens. You like, damn, okay. Yeah, I'm like, I keep thinking I'm about to come up on some shit. Like I get these revelations. I'm like, ooh, bet. And then it's like, I'm in between two realities. Like my spirit is showing me these things that's very much so real. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's about to happen, right? And you're like, hold up, la mama, not too fast, you know? Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. slow it down, you know, so. <laughs> I get um, it, I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay, what what do you look forward to for 2021? I know we, we in the early stages, but do you have any like 2021 goals, personal goals, uh, career goals, anything you wanna share? Obviously you can't talk about everything. Sometimes you gotta work on Yeah, stuff. I learned that lesson real fucking quick. Damn, bro, you cannot <laughs> share everything with everybody. And I'm learning that as well, believe it or not. Peace. You know, everybody don't wanna see you win or everybody, you know, unfortunately you just- And like, people will know. pray against those yes. positive things that you know are gonna manifest in your life and they're, del- ooh. Yeah. All yeah. right, let me not cut up. <laughs> but I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to God's promises, man, to, to come to pass in my life. You know, he showed me a lot of things. I'm like, Sabra, uh, I need you to do something for me. I need a little supernatural happen because these people started to think I'm crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so I have some projects like, um, I can, I'm going to share this. Cause that, that's going to give me that crazy faith, but it's coming to pass. So I have a movie idea and a possible, um, series of some sort I'm going to do. I had got, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be pretty much based on my life combined with something that's familiar to the people, but I mean, going to give all my details out. No, I and, you, I uh, <laughs> and I'm also going to be working on a book. So I'm yeah, so movie. TV series possibly. Um, I'm trying to see whether it's gonna be. I, I'm. I'm. It's probably gonna be both. Like, cause I have too much, too much info. Like that needs to be, like, drawn out and come to life. And as well I'm as a book. To it. I don't care how long it is from now. And hopefully, I get started my damn podcast. Like. That would be awesome. You seem like you got some stuff to say, girl. That would I be awesome. I got a lot of shit to say, man. <laughs> gotta talk my shit. People like you, you real, you authentic, you, you're yourself, whether they like it or they don't. And people appreciate that. Some people won't like it, but oh, I- Oh, they're gonna have people who are gonna hate it. They're gonna have people mm-hmm. like they can suck my pinky so far like you. <laughs> no, I appreciate your authenticity. <laughs> you definitely are are great. And that's why I wanted to have you come on so we could talk. So if you want to give uh, the listeners information on where they can find you, if people in NOLA, you know, hear this, where they can find you. <laughs> hey, cousins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cousins. Um, <laughs> I, think, I could just give them my, my Instagram. I mean... Even though I feel like at some point I'm about to get away from social media, it just gets you. It, social media begin your little feelings hurt sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I ain't gonna get into that. But 
Um, you can follow me at Voodoo Princess Five Hundred Four on Instagram. Okay, is that the only social media you're really on? Like, that? I have Facebook. I have Facebook under my name, Dewine Mansfield. Girl, don't let them get on your damn Facebook. Exactly. That's why I'm like, I don't even be. You know, Facebook for your old, uh, your old yeah. relatives. So, you know, you got to keep that for you to keep up with them. Like, old teachers, your aunts and stuff. The, yes, the teachers. Yeah. All my little teachers, all my little people from the pad. Yeah. That's you know, mm-mm. but if y'all just want to be in my business, which I, that's the problem. People need to mind their own business, but you won't, you know what I'm saying? Won't holler. You have a question, you know, I might be able to answer. Oh, look, I might start doing reading soon. So, you know, oh, okay. I'll share that. Okay. Because since it just, I'm going to share this. I'm going to let you see this, even though they can't see it. It sucks to be them. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm childish. I'm going to grow up one day. It's so, um, <laughs> um, it's, uh, can you see it? Yeah. It's, I New Orleans. it's called the New Orleans Oracle Deck. So, me, I am a Christian. Um, I'm gonna let people, <laughs> you know, this is this is my goal for this year, to under to have people understand what duality means, right? Like, I'm a follower of Christ. You know, I pray to Lord Jesus, pray to God, Holy Spirit, all that stuff. But I also have other gifts, you know. Um, and so I probably start doing readings for people. You know, um, there are people who come and give me <laughs> look. Tell me shit I ain't trying to hear, you know, mm-hmm. people's relatives. And so I might start doing readings to help heal people of any questions that they may have from their, you know, their ancestors and people who have passed away. So I'm probably going to tap more into that. Um, yeah. So all the, all these years, like <laughs> New Orleans and voodoo and all this stuff, like, it's crazy that I didn't know that was a part of me. I used to think it was fake. I used to think like it was just bad, demonic. Mm-hmm. No, it's so, so much healing in it, and there's freedom. And if you you if you know, but it could proper. be used. Do you it could do you believe that it could also be used for? Oh yeah, that? you can definitely do some crazy. Sh- yes, <laughs> and but I serve I serve God, and and I, I don't play with him. Ooh, I don't okay. play with people. Now I know my tongue is very powerful. I can speak it, and it'll happen. So. Mm-hmm. And I and I mean what I say when I say that, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So if I wanted to curse somebody, like you, you know, like we were talking about my language, me cursing right now, how we did earlier, yeah. I mean, I'm joking around, I'm having fun. But you best believe you sidestep me, you touch guys anointed, baby. The Lord gonna handle you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I just gotta keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. You play with me, my daddy gonna get you, but I can speak it and it'll happen. And it's so so. That's what I'm hitting for. That's good. No, so would, is that something you would do? I know you're working on a podcast. I hope it comes, girl. I, let me know. Yes, we, it's going to come within, girl, we need within this need next it. month. Oh, this month. You know, I, I, because I wanted to start it like three weeks ago, but again, like I had these little crazy setbacks. I'm like, because I want to be consistent, I think, in what I'm discussing. And because I want it, to be biblical based, but from real life shit. Like I want you people know. to be able to get into the Bible in the most unique way possible, right? I but think then I'm like, I, 
Yeah, people are are tired of going to, this is one of the reasons why people have stopped going to church. They go and you hear this, 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 and the pastor's doing this, the the pastor's wife's doing that. And it's just like, they talk about it like everything's just like, where you want to talk about it in a real way. I want to be real. I want to talk about some real life shit that we deal with. I mean, because we don't wrestle with flesh, man. It's it's the, what they say, it's the spiritual realm that we're fighting, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not the, like, there could be something that overtakes me that I have no control over, right? Like sometimes people are possessed by a certain thing. And if you aren't spiritual, you're not gonna be able to recognize that and fight off that energy. You're right. You know, and, and but see, that's a whole nother. <laughs> they ain't no, ready for all that. <laughs> you, you ready to put it out there? Let me know, girl. You know, I, I definitely- I might need some help me. <laughs> no, I will. Let me know. I mean, I'm a part of a, a podcast community and- I mean, 98% of us are black. We definitely support, help each other out. Some Everybody got to start from somewhere. So definitely let me know, girl, because we're going to get you out there. But people need to hear what you have to say. You so dope. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. And y'all need to go read Psalms 91 so y'all can be covered by the blood. Because <laughs> I'm Psalms 91 covered me. <laughs> <laughs> you again for joining me Dewan. and um everybody make sure you follow uh you support when she gets her podcast out there you listen I Ooh, yes, body but i think you're an amazing woman and i know you know this year you're gonna flourish girl we, we this gonna- is my season <laughs> for grace <laughs> hallelujah and favor all right let me stop no. <laughs> All right, but again, thank you for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This was an amazing episode. Make sure you guys tune in again next Wednesday at 3 for another episode of The Rosie Perspective. Thank you. Happy <laughs>